at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer Zoom. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sip Pop Writer Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe's back again, uh, which means we're talking comic books this week. Uh, so on uh, we write for sippop.com. We do uh, best ever challenges, movie reviews, lots of other movie interested article, in, movie related articles. So make sure to check out the website, sippop.com, to keep up with all that. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about two coming attractions. We got The Gray Man and Where the Crawdads Sing coming out. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about a comic book movie. We got Big Hero 6 this week. And then we will do a B-plot, which is uh, we'll do a best ever challenge. We will do our top five Disney 3D animated films. No Pixar included. Um, so it has to be Disney Studios and it has to be 3D animation uh, without Pixar. And um, then we'll uh, we'll do a spinoff, of course, as we wrap things up. Quick, quick, quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, let's get a chance to know our writer. Joe, I've got some uh, would you rather questions based off of movie stuff. Mm, I thought fun. this might be fun to do. Uh, it kind of starts off, you know, relatively, uh, relatively basic. I don't think these are, I don't think any of these are like, you know, embarrassing or whatever. So, um, or, you know, there's definitely, they're definitely not embarrassing or whatever, but I don't think they're like necessarily like, uh, you know, super deep or whatever, but we'll see. Uh, first question, um, there's 18 of them, by the way, we'll see if we do all 18 or not. Um, the <laughs> first one is, would you rather have the powers of Shazam or be Batman? Uh, um, Probably have the power of Shazam. Uh, I, I feel like Batman's a really interesting character, but I don't want to be Batman. Mm. Uh, he's got a lot of mental issues. And uh, <laughs> while he does have a, a rather large wallet and disposable income, he doesn't seem like the happiest guy in the world. So I'd probably True. go with Shazam. I'd go with Shazam as well. I mean, like, there's Batman's got a lot of responsibilities, and Shazam is like a kid that can, like, he, he can kind of transform back and forth. Identity would be a lot easier to cover up. You know, you know it just seems easier to be Shazam than Batman. Um, yeah, I think on paper it seems like an easier existence. Like yeah. I said, you can kind of hide your identity. Like, oh yeah, I'm Billy. I'm going to school. And then the you know, next minute, boom, you're a superhero. Right, right, and like a legit superhero too, with like legit powers, not just like I throw these banger ba- bad ah, boomerangs. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not just a highly skilled individual. Um, that's kind of like peak human strength. Like I'm, I'm an actual, you know, I'm a god. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I am essentially, or not essentially, I am just a god. So, yeah. uh, would you rather be on the run from Thanos or in the presence of Sauron? Uh, that's tough. Either either way, it's pretty rough. You surviving either one of those scenarios uh, intact is pretty bad. Uh, I think you have a better bet with Sauron as long as you have like the power of will and you have your friends next to you. Mm-hmm. That should be a lot easier to tackle than Thanos, where Thanos can just literally do whatever he wants. <laughs> Fair. I think I'm yeah. gonna go with uh, with Thanos from this one because like Thanos's goal is is not necessarily to kill me. It's to get the Infinity Stones. So, like, I am not the primary objective. I'm the secondary objective, you know? I think it depends on what version of Thanos it is, too. If it's 2014 Thanos, it's a little scarier. He might just kill you just because. <laughs> he might, yeah, he would. Especially <laughs> if I tried to get in his way. But Right. Yeah. Uh, both not ideal. Uh, would you rather battle a troll from North Mytho- Norse mythology, m- mythology or a basilisk from the Harry Potter series? Probably a basilisk because at least they have a weakness. Uh, I can't, you know battling in, like a full-on troll mm-hmm. i mean i feel like he just gets smushed <laughs> fair it's basically like they have certain weaknesses and like 
Yeah, I think I'd go with that. I was thinking troll initially, but I think you make a good point. But I was just like, it's snakes, man. I just, I would, I feel like I would just get in the fetal position and the, and the basilisk would just eat me. So, um, why, oh, why is it always snakes? Would you rather have a Star Trek marathon or a Lord of the Rings marathon? Well, I definitely Lord of the Rings. I'm a bigger fan of the Lord of the Rings films than I am anything to do with Star Wars. No shade on well, Star Wars. I, I mean, you say Star Trek or Star Wars? Star right? Trek. Uh, yeah, no shade on Star Trek. I, I do like the films. I do like the the old television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd rather go to Lord of the Rings. Well, there's also like the three Lord of the Rings movies are consistently like good. And there's like the only consistent three Star Trek movies in a row that are good is the Kelvin timeline. You know, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness and Beyond, like, you know, which are good movies and are significantly less time than Lord of the Rings. But right, whereas the other Star Trek films, they kind of vary in quality, right? Like. Rathacon is is a classic, whereas like some of the other ones are they're kind of like up and down. It depends on how deep you are into the lore to really enjoy them too. I've not seen any of them, but the general consensus is the even number ones are good. The odd ones are bad. Uh, <laughs> so, and I think I think look, even if I could just assemble whichever ones I want to do, and you make it the same time to try to make it e- as even as possible, I'd pick Lord of the Rings anyway. Um, now, Star yeah, Wars, different answer, but this is Star Trek. Uh, would you rather be in the Hunger Games arena or on the Death Star during the Rebel Alliance attack? I don't like this question. Uh, I think the Hunger Games arena. I think it's like from a from a lore standpoint, it'd be way more interesting to be actually in there. It might be really hairy and dangerous, but. I don't know. I just I, I really like what they do in Thunder and uh, Hunger Games with, with, yeah. the, uh, with the game. So I don't like this question because like if you're on the Death Star, you're guaranteed death. Like if you're in the yeah, Hunger yeah, Games, yeah, you, have a chance. you don't have a chance, right? Whereas Hunger Games, there's a there's a slight chance, but you got a chance, right? There's odds. I, I guess I like the question more phrased. If you were on the if you were on the Rebel base in Hoth or something like that, because that'd be more right. terrifying. But anyway, um, yeah. So for, so for that simple reason, I'd go Hunger Games. <laughs> um, would you rather go up against the penguin or the Joker? Uh, it d- depends which penguin. <laughs> but Good point. Day to bingo penguin. I don't want to be within like uh, nose reach of him. He'll just bite my nose <laughs> off. Uh, if it's the other penguin, I don't know. He's pretty. He's pretty rough and tumble too. He did, he did some terrible things in that film. Um, probably, probably the penguin. He's a little more predictable overall as a character. He ha- he has a he has almighty dollar is usually his motivation. Mm-hmm. And kind of saving his own hide, whereas like Joker is just he's pure anarchy so probably the penguin that was my line of reasoning as well is penguin is way more predictable than joker um but also like if it's just the penguin like the penguin isn't himself a fighter he he employs people around him to be the fighters you know he'll he'll hire deadshot or something like that as opposed to joker will just you know take a beating and depending on the version can give one back you know um but yeah, if it's if it's you have if it's you have to choose which one is going to be the overall villain, it's still Penguin. Um, would you rather be a student at Hogwarts or a student at Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say being an X Men fan since a kid, I'd say yeah, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters for yeah, sure. Me too. I mean, I'd rather be <laughs> I'd rather be a student of Xavier School at Hogwarts because like Hogwarts is clearly the cooler environment. But like, yeah, the the X Men just seems. It, and it also seems like if you're a student at Hogwarts, like while Harry's there, like you're always in danger because <laughs> every year something happens there. But nah, e- either way, I'd rather be a student at Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. It's like, you know, you might become an X-Men one day, you might be part of X-Force or, you know, any any one of the other you know, Alpha Flight, all yeah. these like really cool groups. For sure. And like... you, don't have to, you don't have to keep it a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you rather be a part of a werewolf pack or a vampire coven? Uh, probably a werewolf. I think I like Damn. more the like lycanthropes more than vampires. 
Like me too. War. Especially if it's the werewolf pack from what we do in the shadows. I'd love to <laughs> werewolves, um, not werewolves. <laughs> uh, would you rather explore space with Neil Armstrong or travel to Rome with Julius Caesar? It's a, it's a, being into like kind of Roman and kind of like Greek culture of the past, I'd probably say Julius Caesar, Rome. I just think that would be really interesting. It'd probably, I think it'd depend on your social status too. If you're rolling with him, you're probably okay as long as you weren't there when he, uh, you know, right. It, it depends on what time in his yeah. life. <laughs> exactly. The time where a bunch of people stabbed him to death. Yeah. I, I, I do space, you know. Um, all right. I'm going to start to just skip around some of these uh, that I actually think are, are worth asking. Um, all right. Would you rather be thrown onto an island with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or thrown into an island with the cast of the Hunger Games? Uh, probably with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it seemed like it'd be a lot nicer. <laughs> Yeah, they'd be a lot nicer if you're thrown onto an island with the cast of the Hunger Games. I mean, they're probably trying to kill you, you know, because that's the nature of the Hunger Games. Right. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Plus, you know, they can always like conjure up pizza party. from anywhere, you know. Right. Yeah, they uh, seem like it'd, it'd be funner to hang out with. Would you rather live in a uh, zombie apocalypse or in a post-apocalyptic world like a Mad Max? Both are terrible. Uh, that's tough because there's one where there's probably no resources whatsoever like Mad Max. I just really like Mad Max and I think zombies are kind of overdone i think if i was actually thrown in a situation i'd be like uh zombies like why does that <laughs> kind of tired of this so maybe the whole mad max post-apocalyptic thing mm-hmm. hopefully there's not some tyrannical uh, weirdo running around yeah i mean i'll say zombies just hopefully they're slow zombies not fast zombies but yeah that's also the case too yeah like... um all right would you rather have the powers of wolverine or green lantern probably wolverine i think it'd be cool to have like longevity and be able to heal from like ridiculous damage. Also, I mean, it doesn't hurt that you can build a poppy claws. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I've always loved Wolverine. Probably less, less, uh, more now because uh, I'm not an angsty kid. But <laughs> I, I still really do like Wolverine a lot. So I'll probably say Wolverine. I mean, Green Lantern's cool. Like, I mean, there's Hal Jordan. You know, there's John Stewart. Like, there's like all these really mm-hmm. cool, like Kyle Renner. Like, even Guy Gardner is kind of cool. You know, he's kind of a jerk. But yeah, but. I, also cool powers, but I'd say Wolverine. I'll I'll say Wolverine as well. And it my my biggest thought is how do you defeat Wolverine? Like it's it's really it's really hard to do because he's got his regenerative powers, he's got his adamantium skeleton, you know, he's a fighter, all that. He's essentially immortal. But the way that you beat Green Lantern is <laughs> by crushing his soul. So it'd be like psychological torment to be him to me. Or if you're uh, Batman, you just steal his ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm not creative enough to be Green Lantern, so yeah, didn't think of so. All right, well, we'll we'll end on that question. So, uh, yeah. So then, yeah, uh, then of, of course, I have one one question for you. Uh, this a random non movie related question to get to you. But uh, uh, who is the greatest cook that you know? The greatest cook that I know, like personally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like my wife's cooking for sure. I think she's she's pretty solid. She cooks just about anything, especially if you can find something online. She'll cook it up pretty fast. And like, even if it's like something random, like some cake she's never made before. It might take her a couple tries, but it'll end up coming out really good. Like, it doesn't always, like, look the best, which is, I mean, that that just happens. Yeah. But I think Taste it's more, it tastes good. It's more important, yeah. Like, she, makes, she made, like, this, like, lemon cake, blueberry cake, and it was amazing. Like, it tastes great. So, yeah, personally, like, personally, like, I have a bunch of friends who are, like, good at cooking, too. Like, my friend Bravo is really good at cooking as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a big hobby is. So, yeah, personally, like, either him or um, my wife. Uh, if I can't answer myself, which I pro- I would be number two in my book anyway, uh, because I'd go with my mom, first of all. 
Um, you know, my, I, I do the cooking in our family, not my wife. Um, she does like baking. She makes macaroons and those are really good. Makes them. Um, but like I do the cooking in our family for the 99% of the meals. And uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person that like I'll go on a risk to try to make something you know, unique. I go for creativity and, you know, make something at home that you can't go buy you know, at whatever restaurant you go to. Um, so yeah, I'm that kind of, I like, I, I like to get creative in the kitchen. And, you know, I, I can always like spice things the way that I want and I have whatever handy I want. So, yeah, but, uh, but ultimately like my mom uh, would be the best cook that I know then. Uh, my mom was born and raised in Virginia. So like everything she makes is with extra garlic, extra butter and extra sugar, like whatever they call for. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, things are you know, sweet. Things are really sweet. And, uh, uh, and things that are really rich in flavor are just really rich in flavor. The only thing my mom makes that I don't like is is meatloaf. And like I, I just don't think I like meat, meatloaf in general. I'll tolerate my mom's meatloaf, but I don't like meatloaf. In, um, but yeah, my mom is uh, would be the best cook. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you ready to talk about some movies? Yeah. All right. Do you yeah. want to start with uh, the Gray Man or where the Crawdads sing? Uh, I think we start with the uh, the Crawdads sing. All right. Where the Crawdads Sing, this is, of course, based off of uh, the novel that came out that was widely popular. Uh, this is a, a woman who raised herself in the marshes of the Deep South, becomes a suspect in the murder of a man she was once involved with. Uh, this is produced by um, uh, Reese Witherspoon. I know that was like a big deal. Directed by Olivia Newman. Uh, screenplay by Lucy Alibar. Uh, starring uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is the big one. And I think uh, David Strathairn in there. I d- don't really recognize a lot of the people, but. Um, those are the those are the two ones for sure that are recognizable. Um, so yeah, uh, this is a theatrical exclusive movie that's coming out um, this week, July fifteenth. So uh, so Joe, where the crawdads sing? Uh, wh- how soon? Uh, how excited are you about this? Like, the only thing that matters, the only thing that's a factor, is your free will. Um, would you try to check this out in the theaters? Would you wait till you can rent it at home? Will you wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or are you not interested in seeing it? Uh, I think after watching the trailer and just my experience with these type of films, like I think I've said this before, like for every Gone Girl, you have a girl on the train when it comes to book mm-hmm. adaptations and they kind of mm-hmm. vary in quality. Um, so for me, I'd say streaming. Uh, it, it looks kind of interesting, but like I said, it could fall either one of those camps. Um, I'm unfamiliar with most of the cast. Uh, I didn't re- recognize David uh, Strathern from uh, a league of their own it's like one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies uh, of all time um yeah yeah just to kind of like double down on it like films based off novels are just they're largely hit or miss so yeah i think that's why I'm, that that kind of like gauges my anticipation level for this yeah daisy edgar jones uh like kind of got really popular because she did a movie called uh normal people or sorry a, a mini series called normal people that i'd never really heard of uh she was in um uh, under the banner of heaven this year the andrew garfield uh fx show um, okay. and she's yeah. really good in that um i'm gonna go with streaming for you as well because kind of like you said mm-hmm. for every gone girl there's a um th- there is a girl on the train a girl in the window or whatever. um they're 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 so unreliable on their quality and i get the sense this will be more gone girl than it will be that but i i'm i'm not sold i'm not convinced that this is going to be different than any other of these kinds of movie that we've seen before these murder mystery novel ones that like obviously like w- I don't know the book, um, so maybe there's a twist, but like she's at least the trailer portrays in the way that we're supposed to believe that she's innocent. Um, so like it, kind of like a, a fugitive kind of like there's no way this is going to be as good as the fugitive. So like, why not just watch the right. fugitive instead or something <laughs> yeah. like that? So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my my, my take is uh, is I would give this a shot. Um, if this was going to be like a Netflix original, like I might 
be willing to check it out like significantly sooner, but like, I'm not going to go spend money to see this. Um, and, and of course, always with the asterisks of if this blows up with really good reviews, like, yeah, I'd go check it out. But uh, at least as of now, my plan is just not really to check it out. So yeah, um, that's my thought. Um, other things you want to mention? No. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I had a feeling we kind of be on the uh, same page with this, how we feel about these type of movies. So yeah, I don't know. have anything else further to add. Um, besides, yeah, if it ends up on the streaming service, yeah, I'll check it out. I might, you know. Yeah. I'm just not in a hurry to watch it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, and if people, even if people are like, hey, Daisy Edgar Jones is great. She's probably going to get nominated for Oscar. It's like, cool. Well, it'll be on Netflix before nominations are released. So um, <laughs> the only the only way I see myself going to a theater to see this is if it just gets tons and tons and tons of good review. Like we're talking like everything everywhere all at once, word of mouth and you know. Anything okay. lower than that. It's like, yeah, I could, I could probably wait to rent or, or stream. So, yeah. Uh, and then we have a movie that is a theatrical release this week, uh, a limited theatrical release, and it'll be on Netflix next week, July 22nd. So it won't be on Netflix until next week, but it will be in select theaters this week. We have The Gray Man. This is the Russo Brothers new movie um, starring um, uh, Christopher, Chris Evans and uh, Ryan Gosling, also on the Armas in there. Uh, Jessica Henwick, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Alfre Woodard, uh, but anyway, like a solid cast. And um, this is also based off of a novel uh, screenplay by Joe Russo and Christopher Marcus, who did some MCU films. Uh, this is a Netflix film, like I said, so limited theatrical release this week, Netflix next week. Again, same thing. Let's let's just imagine if this was going to be ex- like a theatrical exclusive uh, what's your interest level for this one? Would you go check it out in the theaters? Would you go? Would you wait till you could rent it at home? Wait till it's on streaming service you already pay for, or are you not interested? Um, as you may know, I'm a both a huge Russo fan and also a huge Captain America fan. And mm-hmm. Captain America: The Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie. No one's taken that top spot yet. Um, I think even if you take that movie out of the MCU, it's still a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Stand up on its own. Uh, so for me, uh, yeah, theaters. Like I actually might go to the theaters to go watch this. Like not joking around. Um, Sweet. I love action thrillers, like spy thrillers, and this looks like a lot of fun. The dialogue looks like they were having a lot of fun. It's kind of like tongue and cheeky at times. It has a kind of dry esque type humor, like some of the Russo brother movies uh, have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the cast looks phenomenal. I didn't even know that Jessica Henwick was in this. Which this, I'm glad she's getting more work because um, the Matrix wasn't wasn't great, but she was actually pretty solid in it. Um, but yeah, from Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and the like these are all people that I really like. Yeah, and Jessica Henwick um, was uh, Colleen in Iron Fist, which we talked about a couple months ago, and she's she's the, like best the best part. part. <laughs> yeah. um, she's in the the new Knives Out movie coming out later this year, Glass Onion. So that's exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was in Matrix, but who cares? Because um, that movie sucked. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we we liked her as Colleen. Uh, she she's in Game of Thrones. Um, she plays yeah. uh, Nymeria Sand. Um, for those of you that you know could recognize that stuff um it looks like a small role in the force awakens i don't remember her in the force but it's been a hot second to see that movie um anyway uh i'm with you uh i am actually looking to see right now if there is like tickets around me um so there is actually uh because this this just in general looks like it should be a um like, like it should be seen on a big screen um it's it's got yeah. that like blockbuster kind of vibe to it and it um you know it's got two big stars uh chris evans and ryan gosling and both of them look like they're just having a blast um and uh yeah I, it, this is playing relatively close to me 
Uh, looks like there's a Q&A event, actually, um, at, at a theater close to me, which is in, because why on earth would that be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Um, <laughs> well, anyway, I'm, I'm actually, I won't be going, um, because I'll, I'll be seeing John Mulaney on Thursday night instead of seeing Lee. So, oh, that's, that's fantastic. I'll be seeing, him at, United, I'll be seeing <laughs> him at the United Center in Chicago on Thursday night. So I, I guess awesome. if you're there, like, look me up. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, like I, I would go check this movie out. Um, I'm fine waiting for Netflix, but like it almost feels like this should have been a big budget release and um, or a big big blockbuster release. Uh, Chris Evans specifically looks so good in this one. If I had to list a hang up, it would just be that um, I like the Russo brothers a lot. Um, they did. Uh, uh, they, I mean, they started Community, um, and they were like part of the foundations for Arrested Development, and of course, all the MCU work that they did. But their last movie they came out with, Cherry, was abysmal. Um, it was a Tom Holland-led yeah. and Apple TV Plus original movie that was beyond atrocious. Um, like I think my my least one of my least favorite movies of 2021. Um, like very deep into my least favorite. Like might be my second least favorite movie of that year. Um, oh. I that movie was abysmal. Um, so. Like that was the first thing they did kind of of this magnitude outside of the MCU. And that was a big fail. So um, I, I don't know. I like to think that maybe they got it right this time. Uh, like I said, Chris Evans um, looks like he's having a blast in this role. And uh, Chris, Chris Hems, uh, not Chris, there's not, not another Chris. Um, uh, Ryan Gosling uh, looks like he's having, having a good time here as well. And yeah, I, I don't know. This, this just looks like a fun movie and I'm, I'm always a fan of Anand Armas. So yeah. I don't, I don't really have much deeper thoughts. I mean, I like a good espionage. You know, hopefully this has a little bit more of that than, than the trailer suggests, but either way, this, the, this looks exciting. The uh, action set pieces look really good. They look really impressive. They look really well shot. It, it really did remind me of Captain America Winter Soldier, the way it was like framed and the way it was shot. And yeah, uh, yeah also co-starring uh, Chris Evans in that mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good choice. But um, Oh, yeah. And I always think see Chris Evans kind of like be a kind of like more of a villain with a darker edge to him. I think he's mm-hmm. really good at it, but I mean, he's been Captain America so long. I think a lot of people can't see past that for a bit, I guess, until like people saw Knives Out and he was fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. So, well, and yeah. even like, even like Snowpiercer, like he's got like a dark edge to him. Um, he's, he's our protagonist, but like, he's more of an anti-hero than he's a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could tell he's a guy that's like been some places and would do questionable things um, for sure. But but like you still root for him because right. you know the people that he's fighting are definitely worse. So um, yeah, I didn't know that this movie even had a trailer came out and it was before my screening of Lo- love and thunder two days ago. And I was like, yep, I'm there. So yeah, this movie looks cool. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Are you ready to move on to big hero six? Oh, we can move on to big hero six. Cool. Well, before we do that, uh, let's get a chance to uh, promote your stuff. Uh, Joe, where do you want to send people to check out to follow uh, whatever whatever content you're putting out there? Yeah, for social media, I'm usually just on Instagram under the Star Smith Avenger with the underscore word. Uh, I usually post stuff about manga, you know, anime, comics, bodybuilding, you name it, and action figures. Just a, a crazy amount of like uh, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, before we move on, also just a quick reminder that Patreon exists. You can go to patreon.com slash sifpopwr and check out all the fun perks that are going on over there. Uh, nope comes out next week, and this month's exclusive review uh, for Patreon will be covering Nope. So if you want to hear my thoughts on Nope, you got to go to Patreon to check it out. Uh, and then you get episodes 
you know, a, a day early and some other fun perks too. So just go check it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for considering that. Let's move on to talk about big hero six. Uh, we're talking about an Oscar winning film here, which is not uncommon for the show. Um, but typically we don't talk about Oscar winning films in, in the comic book category, uh, except for something like visual effects or costumes or whatever. But this is a uh, best animated film of the year for the 2014 year, uh, 2015 awards. So um, obviously the plot here, a special bond develops between a plus sized inflatable ba- robot Baymax and prodigy Hiro Hamada, who together team up with a group of friends to form a band of high tech heroes directed by Don Wall, Chris Don Hall and Chris Williams. Uh, right, written by Robert Albert and Daniel Gerson and Jordan Roberts. Um, some like really good voice work here. I think the only like noticeable person, I guess Damon Wayne's Jr. is noticeable. And James Cromwell, wow, I didn't notice that. All right. Uh, I was going to say TJ Miller, who's been out of the spotlight for a while um, because he is just apparently a, a garbage person. So, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the, um, uh, Damon Wayans Jr., James Cromwell, Maya Rudolph, Alan Tudyk, because of course it's an animated film. You gotta have Alan Tudyk. He was uh, Alistair, uh, Alistair Cray. It was he wasn't Baymax, um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or he wasn't the cat. Um, so uh, yeah, I um, I want to know a little bit first before we dive into the movie. Like what? Uh, like, I want to dive into a little bit about your history, and then Joe, you're a little bit more informed than I am. Uh, but like, why Big Hero Six qualifies under our comic category? Yeah, uh, yeah. first of all, just a little bit of background about the, the graphic novel or the comic. Uh, it was created in 1998 by Stephen T. Siegel and Duncan Willow. Um, and then I started reading the five-part series today uh, that ran in 2008. I'm still working on that. I um, actually thought it was pretty interesting. And it's funny that um, I thought it would be really divergent from what the material was, but it's, it's pretty on par, maybe a little bit more teenage-focused, uh, more teen, more than uh, kind of G or PG like the film is. But, but largely, like, the structure's there for the characters and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a Marvel property that was, that was taken by Disney, and uh, they adapted it. Um, I, think, I think the funny thing is, it's kind of like what they did with Guardians. They took something that was really obscure and, like, blew it up to the, to the, the mainstream and, like, made, kind of made it their own, put their own like, twist on it. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I, th- I think the thing that really resonates with people is kind of, like, the, the relationship between Hero and Baymax especially Baymax, like people love that character. Um, and I just love the whole theme about it. Like, do you, like, how do you honor people that have like, have like passed in your life? Like, do you go mm-hmm. out for revenge or do you kind of honor them by, um, by staying true to yourself and like staying true to their memory? Um, so, so I really thought that was really cool. Like I think the emotional core of this movie is really strong. I think it's why I chose it as well. Sure. Uh, so on the like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, think it's just okay scale, where do you land? Uh, absolutely love it. Um, I mean, this might be a spoiler, but we're going to be talking about Disney movies later. Yeah, this is definitely my number one. I loved it. Uh, nice. I think they I think they knocked it out of the park. Um, like I said, I couldn't say enough good things about it. Uh, just like, I think my only complaint about it is that we don't get as much time with kind of establishing the relationship of Hiro mm-hmm. and Tadashi. They do it effectively. And they get it, and it resonates really well through the entirety of the story uh, about like how vengeance is kind of eating up at him, and mm-hmm. uh, it kind of coincides with with the villain's motivations as well, which is pretty cool. I like the way they mirrored it like that. Marvel's good like that; they do a lot of mirror, mirroring your villain uh, type storylines, so it really worked out really well. But yeah, that would be like my only complaint. Um, but other than that, I just I think it's highly creative. I think the character design is really great. Uh, you touched on the cast; I think the voice cast is really. Well done. While not being like super huge names, they picked the appropriate mm-hmm. people for the roles, and they worked really well together. Uh, 
yeah, I also love this movie. Um, just ever since it came out, just adored it. Um, I I think yeah, I, I echo a lot of what you say, but I think part of the reason why I love it so much is first of all, I popped on this movie to re- to like refresh myself because it's been a couple of years, and like was surprised that this is an hour and forty minute movie. Like it's one of those that I thought I remember it being like at least two hours, and it's it's not. It's an hour and forty one minutes and like forty two seconds. It's it's super quick, and I think one of the things I admire about it is its simplicity. I mean, I know, I know you were, uh, you, you kind of list that as at least partially a bit of a con. Cause like it, because it's pretty quick, we don't quite get enough of, of hero and Baymax together, but like one of the things watching it. So first of all, I actually watched this twice kind of because, um, I watched it with my wife last night, but it was a very long day and it was the end of the day. So I fell asleep mm-hmm. during it for almost the entirety of the movie, like, like from the expo, to um to like the end um <laughs> and then uh except i woke up during the baymax's drunk scene so i watched it again today <laughs> while my wife was at work oh, so um <laughs> so like i i <laughs> it's it's just it's interesting like how fast this movie goes and how just tight it all feels i mean it doesn't take any time getting into what it what it what it really wants to get into it doesn't waste a single second on screen and it's it's one of those things too that like in a way it's a little bit ridiculous because our heroes are so inexperienced with being heroes like they we we see them like 20 minutes before the big fight scene and they they like a pigeon comes and they all freak out and they all just like start unloading and nobody hits the pigeon uh, even though they're all freaking out. And then like 20 minutes later, like they're they're going toe to toe with Callahan. But like it's it's kind of the point. Like Callahan isn't even this big, like impressive villain either. He's also kind of just an amateur that's just motivated by the heart. And so it this movie is so simplistic. And if you want, you could list that as a negative, but I think it's a positive because there there's just something refreshing about it. You know, it, it is a superhero movie, it is a comic book movie, it is absolutely like a hero kind of movie hero origin story movie but the fact that it is so simple makes it just so easy for it to be like one of the most like rewatchable movies that there is and in in some ways like like i really love the simplicity of it um but it's also like still got depth it's still got emotion i can't not cry every single time baymax asks for hero to tell him that he's satisfied with his services but but at the same time right. like like it almost leaves me like why did we not get more of this like why was there not a big hero 6 2 or why not why was there not like whatever and i know that they got a like a, a, a series that went on like disney xd or something like that but like that's not a proper sequel i mean like why didn't we get another theatrical series or why didn't we get um i mean i guess it would be disney plus original now like and a netflix original they could have done and had to put good but like this movie made money it won the oscar like why didn't we ever get a big hero six movie too because like this movie is so simple and foundational and i love that but i also like now i want more and i don't really want to watch the kids show like yeah I, I mean i might go watch the the kids show and i definitely will probably check out the baymax kind of spinoff it looks like yeah. it's a lot of fun and that's like six episodes that are 10 minutes a piece. That's like right. deleted scenes or, or gags from this movie. That's YouTube shorts. That's not, you know, special. Yeah. It feels very similar to the one they had for up. Uh, that was mm. very like the small little like snippets of like, yeah, it's like, cool. Here's like a little bit of, you know, here's a little appetizer, but this isn't like a full on movie. But if you want to like explore that world some more, here you go. But I, I do, I, I agree. Like, I feel like this, this movie definitely deserves another sequel like a full-blown sequel 
Um, especially what they leave you in the end credits with like the cool animatic showing like all the heroics and like yeah. them naming a building after Tadashi. Like it's all this like really cool ro- world building stuff, but it's like, that's cool. Like that's amazing. But can we get another film? Like I'd love to see, I want to explore San Francisco more. Like I love the, the, the mesh of that, the world they built. Well, and like, <laughs> San Francisco itself, I mean, what a concept and, and it's executed so well because like, it's, it's obviously a combination of San Francisco and Tokyo. And so you have people that feel more American and you have people that feel more Japanese and you have people that feel like a hybrid of both. And you have two very different cultures that intersect in such a creative way. Like San Francisco is a place that I just want to explore. Uh, and like, it's just almost like I want, I want more of that. Like it's, it's so unique. It's almost like, uh, we'll definitely talk about it later, but Zootopia, like where you're like, what if, you know, animals right. live in this place and it's like you know their version of like new york city or chicago or something like that it's like it's it's so interesting to me and Sa- san francisco is one of my favorite like created cities for a unit for a movie ever like um it's it's just you could tell that there's like four or five different cultures intersecting and like you you never question it like i'm 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 sitting here thinking about these things now and i'm literally realizing i've never questioned why is aunt cass very much american you know with these two kids like clearly japanese kids like but it's it's not important it doesn't matter it's it's a great job of of blending these two cultures and just saying like it doesn't matter what are you know there's 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 so few differences these are just people it's just yeah yeah i think i think they did a good job of like having a really diverse cast of characters um and doing it organically and it totally makes sense that it's placed in you know, a fictional San Francisco. And actually, like, I wish San Francisco actually looked like this. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't nowadays. It's seen better days. But, but, but yeah, like, overall, the, the cast, like, they're very similar to their counterparts in, in some respects in the comic books. But uh, I think they improve upon them here, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Baymax in the comic books, he's a bodyguard. He looks more, much like, like a big hulking bodyguard slash butler. Where I kind of like the approach where he's, yeah, he's, He's soft and plushy, but like he could also fight as well. You know, I mean, because of the enhancements that Hero Hero gave him. But like mm-hmm. his primary nature is to be a medical bot, and, and and like you said, you can't help but like either swell up or be happy when he says, "You know, have, have you been satisfied with your service?" And like, especially like the last time he says it, like it really hits. I, th- I think that what this film does really well, it it didn't even need any of this to to, to still be a good film, but to, to make it a great film and it has that emotional heart to it. Mm-hmm. And they, they know how to not undercut those emotional beats. Like, they really linger on him, especially when Tadashi dies and then the funeral and, like, the way that it shot, like, and him being depressed. Like, that part's hard to watch. <laughs> but, like, yeah. since it's more breezy, like, they kind of, like, they know how long that should hold and then they kind of slowly, gradually move on so you get the story going again. This You could have told me the first time I saw this movie that it was made by Pixar and I'd be like, sure, that makes sense. Right. Um, like, this is Pixar-level filmmaking and and storytelling and and all the good things uh, visually this movie is gorgeous um you could you could have absolutely told me this was pixar and i would have been like yep sure um i'm i'm, I'm sure it was but uh, th- this is also the moment that like we'll, we'll 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 go through our list later but this is the moment that disney animation really stepped up their game and to to again compete with pixar uh, which pixar had controlling stake in disney so or disney had controlling stake in pixar so it's it's not like they needed to compete with pixar but it was like this right. is when they really stepped up their game 
to be like, it's no longer just Pixar makes great animation and everybody else makes decent animation and Shrek, um, you know, <laughs> uh, these animated movies and Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. But like, this is where really like, oh, like Disney animation is a big contender now. Like they're not only the we're not just getting you know animated movies like that that adults can enjoy like it's not just from pixar anymore like because now we can go to disney i just remember like distinctly feeling that like all right disney is disney's in it and then of course they come out with a movie like in the next year or two that like moana that's also like yep this is just confirmation bias so um anyway we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the other ones later but this is uh man it's it's so it's so light and breezy because I have like, I have that big heartwarming moment, the one that makes me cry every time. But also, like, I have some of the biggest laughs I've ever had from a Disney movie here. And this is better shot than most action films. Um, yeah. You know, this it's it, it's easy to follow what's going on and where it's it's you you could pick apart some of the things, but like it doesn't matter. Uh, I love the BattleBot sequence at the beginning. It's so creative, and I always just forget about it because you don't remember Big Hero Six because of the BattleBots. You remember it because of Baymax. But like, I, I always think of that scene when I think about put, popping on the film and I already start to laugh. <laughs> oh, with the the BattleBots battle and him like hustling them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just always forget it because like it's so like it doesn't matter that Hero was a BattleBots like. Uh, what would you call a performer, like mechanic, whatever. It doesn't matter that he was involved in the battle bots world because what, what's really important is his relationship with Baymax and his relationship with Tadashi and, and who Tadashi was and, and why Tadashi's memory is, is why, you know, hero chooses to fight for good. Like, and, and, ba- but, and Baymax has just some of the funniest lines. I mean, especially the sequence where he's essentially drunk, but like when they go to the police station and like afterwards and he's just like inflating his arms and putting tape over him very slowly and uh, every time he puts tape over it the other one gets more like it's it's just so funny and i i I mean it became iconic afterwards but where you fist bump and go like that became so iconic but my my favorite line of this movie i mean my favorite like laugh of this movie is still um the scene where baymax is on low battery mode and and hero like takes him upstairs and and Hero goes upstairs after seeing Aunt Cass and gets his dinner, and then and then Baymax is just up there petting the cat, and he's just a hairy baby. Like I I just I love yep. it. It's so perfectly delivered. It's 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 just a simple funny joke that works, and everything about this movie just works. Yeah, I th- I think that's like my favorite comedic scene in the entire movie because it, it mimics a drunk person so accurately. Like mm-hmm. he's like the happy drunk, mm-hmm. like delirious. <laughs> And it's funny, like, yeah. He's he's going upstairs and just like, don't, don't tell that cast we were doing the same. We we're doing this. And he's like, we jumped we out, jumped a, window. out a window. We jumped out a window. Yeah, we jumped out a window. Right, and it mimics that those behaviors so well. And just like, yeah, Harry baby that gets a laugh out of me every time. And that cat's so cute and like well designed. Mm-hmm. Like Mochi is so cute. Well, uh, and for a movie that also has this much laughs, like the the villain is is entirely belie- believable as well like i remember when i watched it the first time you know you see tadashi die but you don't actually see him die and so and then you see this masked villain later it's like oh tadashi's gonna be the villain and and it's not but it's like oh but this makes more sense like this is this is online especially especially once it's the reveal of of callahan's daughter like being put through the test of science that was untested like that it makes sense his motivations and it's almost to the point where where the movie ends and you're almost like Look, I get because there's so much destruction here that Callahan has to face the consequences, but like I sympathize with him. Like 
I kind of want him to get away. Like, I kind of want him to, like, not have to face the consequences. His daughter's back. I just want him to spend time with his daughter. But, like, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so interesting that a, that a silly kids movie like this could, could be so impactful and could, could mean so much, could, could make you question things. But it's like Callahan is just, he's so believable um, in his arc. And especially with the, like, he's a scientist, but he's plagued by science and specifically untested science. And so he's, so he's, super cautious all the time and it makes sense that he just wants checks and balances in a system where literal life and death is at stake every single day like it's it's just compelling yeah because like they they totally throw in the red herring which is they do it very effectively like i never even thought mm-hmm. about it it could have been Tadashi, but like all the time you they constantly point at cray and you're like cray is, mm-hmm. you know, is could be the villain and uh they do they do a nice little bait and switch and, and ends up being callahan and, but Callahan, Callahan makes the most sense to be the villain. Like he's literally the mirror of what to, of what hero could have been if he mm-hmm. would have taken his revenge that utmost limit. Like Callahan well, is you... so so besides himself, so beside himself that he's willing to take everything away from Kray. And Kray possibly deserves it, but like the collateral yeah. damage is it worth it? Like you know what I mean? Like well, and it's you think you think too like it, it, it in a way like it makes so much sense for Callahan because he is kind of that like counter to to hero but at the same time like you get the sense by the time that this movie wraps that callahan would have done the same thing at any given moment but the nanobots being introduced just finally gave him opportunity like right it finally just gave him like the 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 means to execute his plan and so it's like it's really interesting in that regard in that respect because yeah it's, it, it just makes that villain much more complex this this person that seems nice and loving but has a chip on his shoulder under the surface. And all it takes is somebody to just be like, here's how you get rid of that chip for him to just completely snap and, and want to murder somebody. Um, right. And, and like bring down his whole corporation. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of it, like his revenge, like ruins any chance of him having a relationship with his daughter. Like maybe if he would have reached out to both Tadashi and hero, maybe they could have found a way to, bring his daughter back peacefully and like well, you got to think out. with with all the creative minds that he has access to and now the nanobots are like the perfect so nanobots and potentially baymax are the perfect solution to potentially rescue his daughter like yeah it's it, he's totally understandable totally empathetic this is very reminiscent of me of the killing joke where you're like it just takes one moment for somebody to make a bad choice for them to just all of a sudden like commit to a bad choice uh for, and make that their personality or one person to have one decision change the course of their life like it's it's i'm a sucker for those kind of movies yeah and i was like feeling to like they could take the higher route but they let their revenge or like their thing kind of Mm -hmm. like consume them and they kind of just take it like way too far like he never met he never to die yeah a hero yeah exactly when hero tries to kill him and you're uh, like this is callahan 2.0 like yeah and, and you're right you dark don't, you don't really expect like tadashi to die or whatever or you, you, you it, it's it's shocking when it happens and and all that good that stuff but like when callahan shows no remorse and you're like this is a totally different person he has killed the person that he was he is no longer callahan he's you know whatever whatever persona you want to call him now like he's no longer professor callahan he's villain callahan like when he's just like it was just like but tadashi died trying to save you and he's just like that's not my fault and it's like for the yeah. per- this person that had so much love for tadashi earlier in the movie it's just like it, it's it's kind of like um have you seen kenobi yet yes yeah it's it's just kind of like that moment in the finale of kenobi where he's just like you didn't kill anakin i did it's just yeah like, i did yeah like woof 
So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm super impressed with this movie. Uh, it didn't need to cut it as deep as it did, but they kind of went the, the extra yard uh, just to make it so much more memorable than it ever could have been. Like they could have just relied on their visuals alone and, you know, been funny haha the whole time, but they, they go to some dark places. They go to some sad places in the film. Um, I think it's yeah. done all, all really effectively. And yeah, I do wish the movie was longer, but it doesn't have to be. Like you said, it's so tight. Um, even in, even in like probably my least favorite part of any film is the conflict uh, before the conflict resolution. And they, that part usually drags and like sags a little bit. They don't want this. Like they kind of, they respond to it quickly and they do it effectively with him seeing a video of Tadashi. And like that brings him back. That snaps mm-hmm. him back into, you know, the right mindset that he doesn't need to take vengeance and he needs to help save a bunch of people, like be a hero. Yeah. yeah and just the way this movie does this reveals as well i mean the the one at the end where where it's the it's the fist and he puts it up and then setting it on the counter jiggles it just enough that a chip falls out and you're like oh and then like it just it it just works and and we've we've also seen uh hero like and his intelligence enough to know that he he could he could make another baymax and tadashi's already done the hard work by making the chip he just needs to make baymax compatible and you know maybe there was a secondary Baymax somewhere I don't know that he just needed to pull out of storage. But anyway, um, yeah, just everything about this movie works. We have we haven't talked about any of the side characters either, and they're all they're all great. I mean, at, at the time that it came out, I remember specifically liking Fred because he's kind of that like you know that silly, ridiculous reminds me a lot of myself in high school, um, like um, goofball. I mean that's clearly like a step like clearly intelligent but a step down from everybody else or at least has no common sense but like um the girl that throws the balls and uh i don't, I don't know the character names <laughs> yeah honey lemon's the one that has the the purse where she pulls out like the balls that either explode they, they do like they have various okay. qualities don't yeah uh, and uh it looks like gogo would be the other the one that's making the bicycle i really uh, like gogo she might be like, one of my favorite side characters yeah and and wasabi like they're all yeah, they're he's really good too they're all incredible side characters and and they're a lot of they're a lot of fun to be around too it's um this this i i almost wish that we'd have gotten more of them um especially even like before they become like heroes like i really liked seeing them in the beginning and seeing the projects they were working on and just seeing them as people um and it felt like the turn for them to make heroes was a little like to to decide to become heroes was a little sudden but like this movie's on such a fast pace it's 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 not interested in in having a scene where everybody wrestles about doing it. It's in, it's interested in telling a story about loyalty and friendship and about both the dangers of that as well as the like perks the you know the the dangers of what happens when somebody that you're loyal to is taken away from you but also like how you choose to respond and Callahan responds negatively and all the young people respond positively and uh, it's just a just a great move with yeah, great like, characters and side characters. Yeah, I couldn't agree more like they they they're essentially what kind of like binds and like helps hero out of his out of his rut like if he didn't have that support system like would hero have taken the right path you know what i mean to have that extra push from his friends i feel like he like met all these people at exactly the right time where he needed them uh, it's just fantastic and l- like you said i wish i loved the lab scene with them going through and like you've seen their various projects and you get to see their personality through each one of their projects like all their like little quirks like like i love how like uh kind of the the uh wasabi is like very um anal about his things and like mm-hmm. touching certain things he wants everything in place mm-hmm. uh, he's very like like and he's always like kind of worried and whatnot and like gogo is like very i wouldn't say eccentric i don't think that's the right word but she just she's fearless <laughs> until she just doesn't care she likes to go fast yeah. that driving sequence is amazing by the way it's so well done 
when she takes over the wheel when he's driving yes. too slow. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, why are you signaling? He's like, yeah, you have to signal before you turn. <laughs> it's like, you don't do that at Chase. Yeah, that was really nice. cool. But yeah, like, yeah. just over, over, like overall, I, like, I mean, keep going on about this movie, about how much I actually really enjoy it and like how rewatchable it is. But like, I mean, we've already, I've talked to you today. <laughs> This is a movie that I um, I thought um, when I when I first met my wife and she like started hanging out at my house when we were just dating. She um, um, this would be like her go to movie, um, and it's it hasn't really been. I mean, she she I, she since knowing me has been exposed to more movies and you know watches a little bit more variety and has access to a lot more of like her favorite movies. But like it, it was like when I, when we first started dating and I'd be like, all right, I got to go. I'll be back in a couple hours. She's like, all right, I'm like, I'll watch big hero six. Like it would be big hero six or Indiana Jones, the last crusade, which like <laughs> a plus choices wife. Um, but the, uh, but like, it, it's so understandable. Like I could watch this movie three times in one day. Like I, I normally am the kind of person that like I'll watch a movie and sometimes I'll want to watch it like really quickly again, like with everything everywhere all at once, like I saw it in theaters. And I was like, yeah, I got to go tell everybody I know about this. And I saw it like a couple days later and like, I'm getting ready to watch it again with a group of friends next week. Um, well, like, I don't typically like to watch movies like back to back or, or like relatively close, close, close proximity because it's like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Happened. Like I'll just get bored. Um, and that's not what a movie experience should be, but this is a movie I, I, I could just watch like back to back or I could watch, you know, if I had a kid that was obsessed with this movie, like I wouldn't be mad at all. You know, like I know Frozen was really big and, and kids were, you know, all up and at them about all that. It, every every parent hated Frozen, but like because this isn't a musical, like you can't just like hate the songs or whatever. Like if I had a kid and they loved Big Hero 6 and wanted to watch it every single day, fine by me. Yeah, I don't think I'd have a with that. Like, I think when my daughter's the right age, we'll, we'll watch this together. And if she wants to watch it a million times, I don't have any problems with that. I feel like I wouldn't get tired of it. Nice. Well, um, let's talk about some other of our favorite Disney animated films then. Yeah. So, um, so this is our, um, our, our B plot. We'll do the best ever challenge. So we'll do trope rules. So, um, whoever has it ranked the highest, will get a chance to talk about it. And honestly, I thought this was a little bit more expansive of a category than it actually is, but a really eliminating Pixar from, from the conversation, because otherwise it would have been just essentially best ever Pixar movies. We'd have had four or five Pixar movies and, you know, one or zero Disney 3d animated. So I figured we have to do Disney animated films, but we got to be a little bit more specific because that's a ton of them. So Disney 3d animated films. And it turns out there's not as many as I thought, um, but that's okay. So whoever has it ranked the highest, we talked about, we talk about it when it gets the highest, so, um, so if I, if you have something ranked at number five and you say it and I have it ranked at two, then we can, uh, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, Trump. And then that means that we're going to save it. Um, and same thing. If I say something at number five and you have it higher, you know, we'll talk about it. Whoever has it the highest. So, um, Joe, why don't you start us off? Uh, favorite, favorite Disney 3d animated film starting at number five. Yeah. For, for my number five, I think this is the one that kind of kickstarted the upswing of, of the the 3d disney movies and i went with tangled um, okay Honor- honorable mention for me yeah i actually really liked it uh, i think mandy moore is great as a title character uh i believe it's uh is it zachary levi who plays yes yeah he's yeah mandy he's really moore and zachary levi yeah yeah i i really enjoyed it that was the first time i i think it was like the first disney 3d movie uh, that i actually liked so yeah it's number five I saw Tangled um, well, for the first time like a year ago because my wife really likes it. And yeah, it's a great movie. It's enjoyable. Um, 
yeah. For nine, my number five, uh, I went back and forth between two movies, and I'm and I'm gonna land here. I think this is the right choice. I'm going with Encanto. Also, um, I think this movie is just really great. I mean, this the the soundtrack's incredible. It's visually incredible. Again, a movie that you could say Pixar did it, and I'd be like, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, the uh, the the voice cast is great. Uh, Stephanie Beatriz, John Leguizamo, um, all the people that they pull in. It's it's great. Um, and the, the the messages, the themes of this movie about like finding your belonging, about finding something special, about not actually being special um, sometimes or, or about just being a normal person or about like seeing how the pressures of being special like affects you. Um, this this movie is incredible. And uh, um, yeah, it's really good. I like it. Um, so that's my number five. What do you got for number four? Yeah, for, uh, for number four, I got Zootopia. Um, yeah, I'll trump that. Um, we'll talk about it later. For my number four, I have Moana. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, I have, yeah, that, that's towards the top of my list. So, okay. So then what do you have for number three? Uh, I have Wreck-It Ralph at number three. Me too. (laughs) Uh, I I love Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's fantastic. If you're any type of gamer or serious about gaming, there's so many cool tropes that are in there. And I feel like the people that actually created it know a thing or two about gaming, or at least are fans of video games. Um, there's a lot like of cool, specifically like, retro games, yeah, yeah, like like Cubert, yeah, and I, I love the like how uh, is it Candy Brush? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love how it's it mirrors you know uh, Mario Kart. I think it's all mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, and, and 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 just like Big Hero Six, like I feel like it has that emotional core to it. And it oh like, yeah, yeah. You don't essentially have to be you know the bad guy. You could you could be something better. Or you you know it's got to be. Well, you. And- and also the messages of just like embrace your weaknesses. It's what makes you special. Like that's how Vanellope winds up being the best is because she has a glitch. She yeah. uses it to her advantage as opposed to let it tear her down. Like, you know, and, and but also like th- this is a movie about somebody who is just labeled as being bad and, and wants to do good. Like it's he, he'll do anything to be seen as good for once in his life. And like, man, it's just heartbreaking to watch him every single time. And it leads to some hilarious moments, you know, such as the, like the, the, the super villain or the villain meetup, you know, yeah. <laughs> where, where they have the creed and, and all that. And then the, uh, you know, the, the line where, where, where record after goes, thanks Satan. Like it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah, this is, this is one of the best animated movies there is period to me. Yeah, and especially for a video gamer, I I sat on this movie for a long time. Like my friends saw it in theaters without me, and they were like, "It's really incredible. You got to see it." I'm like, "I'm not really into animated movies, but sure, I'll go sometime." And it took me until like 2016 to see it, and I was like, "Why have I not seen this like 40 times already?" So there, there's yeah. so many cool Easter eggs, like you said, especially if you're in the retro games. Like there's so many Street Fighter references. There's Sonic that shows up. Like there, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of cool Easter eggs to look for in the background. For sure. Uh, all right. Well, since we both had Wreck-It Ralph at number three, what's your number two? Um, my number two was Moana. Um, cool. I, I love Moana. I almost thought about making it my number one. It was a tough choice. Uh, but like just the, the, just the core theme and core values and like the, the kind of like you have to, you kind of have to go, go outside of your safety zone. And like mm-hmm. you have to venture out. And like just the overall uh, like character work is really well done. Like Moana's mm-hmm. fantastic character. Uh, yeah, just, just over, overall aesthetically, the storytelling it's mm-hmm. very to me. It's still very, it's very breezy, but it has that heft to it as well. Um, I think it's what makes some of the better animated Disney films that they they kind of know when to breathe and when to like kind of drag out some of their their better sequences, the yeah. like hefty sequences. So yeah, I have to I have to go with that. And plus, the, I love the music. The music was phenomenal, mm-hmm. um, especially shiny. I like <laughs> shiny's a great shiny's song. one that I I never attached to, but 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was always you're welcome and how far I'll go for me. But obviously, everybody hopped on that bandwagon. So, um, yeah, Moana is a great movie. Uh, it's visually incredible. The acting is great. The soundtrack is is perfect. Yeah, it, it's it's great. It came in at number four on my list. But, you know, it, it, it just maybe the third act falls apart a little bit for me, like when they get to the lava monster. But I, I kind of love like the way that that it's handled in the end, um, like like the way they defeat the lava monster um like i i don't know the third act just just doesn't it isn't quite as interesting as as the first little bit of the movie and yeah i mean getting outside of the only environment you've ever known getting away from the only people you've ever known um you know like man like i think we all those of us that are old enough um and went this route like when i went away for college like it was the most like influential thing in my life because i was no longer in the place that i lived my entire life with the same people I grew up around. Like I was, exp- and then, and then I moved to Iowa city and like, it's, it's such a diverse city with, in terms of both architecture and political views and like people that live here. Like it's I'm, where I grew up is very different from where I live now. And it's it, like the combination of all the experiences, uh, it, like it really makes up a whole person. And so I love that Moana is trying to like, encourage people to be like hey just because you've known something your entire life doesn't mean that it has to be true still like and 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 you don't have to feel tied down to this one particular place like it's good to have your roots but like you are not this village you are all of your experiences and you need multiple experiences so yeah Moana's is just great yeah i love like the whole aspect of the, the support of the grandmother and like her mm-hmm. like guiding her it was like that really that really hit home for me in a lot of respects so um yeah i, I just thought that was fantastic too that was part of the emotional core of it but yeah, and I mean, you can't say enough about Dwayne too. Like, he does a great job. He's, I mean, he's oozes charisma. So oh yeah, he's, he's it's, it's a perfect so. role for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then for my number two, I had Zootopia. So we just had him flopped um, again. Movies that in, in, great soundtrack, uh, great great title song by Shakira. Really great voice work. I mean, Jason Bateman being a big standout for for this movie, and Idris Elba as well. I know there's plenty of other like great voice actors in there. Those are just the two highlights for me. Um, an interesting world to explore. Oh, Jetty Slate as well. An interesting world to explore. A really interesting plot and 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 like an actual mystery, like not just like a kids mystery. And I just I this movie makes so many homages to like classic Hollywood or like popular cinema that like it's just. It, it, this movie is a delight to watch every time because you'll come across the scenes like like this the, the iconic funny scene from the movie is is with the sloth that works at the DMV because of course the <laughs> DMV is slow like and that's a really 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 funny joke but like you have that and then you have like these porcupines reenacting the Godfather essentially and it's it's right. like, <laughs> this movie is just it's so good it's it's really interesting it's it's a it's a really interesting world again a, a, a mystery that's actually a mystery. And and exploring depths of uh, the depths of, of this world, and again similar to Moana of of of, um, of Officer uh, Judy Hicks, like experiencing an, an, a totally new way of life and, and learning to adapt from that. And just uh, I just I adore this movie. I think it's just incredible. Yeah, I, I love the fact that it explores like it's it's not afraid to explore like I guess you could call speciesism or <laughs> where it's like mm-hmm. you know how how people could be perceived a certain way and how like they, they have, they kind of act out a role because that's what, that's what what society expects of them. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's not fair to to place that on people. Like in some of it's, I mean, not some of it, but it is like 
the whole scene where he he gets bullied like that's horrible mm-hmm. that that really hits like really hard that that entire moment when he's bullied and you kind of see like why he kind of like molded this kind of jaded person yeah that he is. it's heartbreaking <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, like and, said, and, it's not just a kid's mystery it's like it's an actual like good mystery sorry go ahead no, it's just like you. You said you said we could classify it as speciesism, but the speciesism in the movie is like definitely a metaphor for both racism and and classism. Yep. And I mean, I, I think you could look at it even in terms of uh, probably I don't know. I, I didn't view the movie this way, but you could probably look at it in terms of gender as well. I mean, I know there's definitely Judy is looked down upon because she's a female. So like, there's definitely like the speciesism is is kind of a, a, a like blanket a coverall for all the is all the yep. bad isms like um so yeah it's it's teaching good messages and it's te- and i you know I, I spent four years in in undergrad and two years in in uh graduate school you know learning about how people relate to one another and how people relate to, to spirituality and and like man it's just this theme that is just so consistent like and honestly it's just never been displayed better of of just like people that are hurt continue to hurt other people like uh it just it's just not displayed better than here with the with the fox character like you because t- like you said once you see his backstory you just completely understand how he got to where he was um and because you understand it's not an isolated incident either it's no. this movie's awesome yeah yeah and they, they handle it all really well and it's, and it's really really tasteful and it's it's valuable for kids to learn this at a you know at an early age you know mm-hmm. you got to respect and care for one another and you can't you can't put labels on people like it's not fair isn't uh Kevin Hart one of the I in, I believe so. Is like he the he baby? Plays, like, a fast talking. Oh, I, I thought he played like a fast talking like sewer animal. Uh, uh, I'll take a look. But this I mean this this voice cast is incredible. Yeah, it's really um, stacked. Let's see. Um yeah, Jason Bateman, Jenny Slate, Idris Elba I already mentioned. Uh Nate Torrance, uh Bonnie Hunt, <laughs> Tommy Chong. Of course. Uh, oh yeah, J.K. Simmons is the is the lion. Octavia Spencer, um, Shakira plays the gazelle. Alan Tudyk plays Duke Weaselton. Uh, yeah, Ma- Maurice Lamarche plays Mister Big. That's the the Godfather. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a different. But I thought like it doesn't matter because there's just incredible work. John, Don, any any movie that has John DiMaggio doing some voice work is is good in my book. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then that means that we both have the same number one. Then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, no surprise. This this movie's just Big Hero Six is just incredible for all the reasons we talked about earlier. And like I said, it's not the same quality as a Pixar film. Like it just could be a Pixar film. It has a, that type of storytelling that's very like resonant. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so since there was a relatively limited list, um, the, the the ones that I listed as like honorable mentions are one that I really liked. Uh, the one I I I. T- I teetered back and forth with um Encanto as number five and Ryan the Last Dragon because that movie is really good as well um I just think yeah Encanto is a little bit more throughout a better movie like just a, it's a little bit better um some of the like actual like Raya stuff didn't quite work for me like specifically you know I think Aquafina was a little bit obnoxious for the rest of the movie um but um Anyway, I really like Ryan the Last Dragon. I had Tangled as an honorable mention. And um, you mentioned that you haven't seen it earlier, um, but Bolt, and you said you looked it up and you were not interested. Bolt's actually a really good animated movie. Is it? Okay. Um, yeah, it's one of the first ones. Miley Cyrus plays this little girl and John Travolta plays this dog. It's it's kind of a lu- lu- ludicrous concept, not lu- ludicrous concept, um, where this, this dog is just 
believed his life to be real, that he is this action star and it's this movie studio doing this method acting for this dog. They're forcing it upon him. And then he gets lost and he's in the real world. And it's, it, it's, it's, it will make you cry. It will make you laugh. The voice work is great. It's a, it, it's a little bit like basic of a formula. It's it's obviously not in the top five, um, but Bolt is a really solid watch. And if you're looking for like a, a good a new good animated film to watch, um, Bolt is certainly up there. Bolt, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, did you have other ones you wanted to mention that didn't make your top five? Yeah, I think I, I feel the same way about Ryan and Kanto. Like it could have been. I think they're both pretty pretty top tier. They just didn't crack my top five, especially in Kanto. I really wanted to put a Kanto in the list. Mm. Uh, it almost made the list. And Ride of the Last Dragon, I think what's what's really awesome about Ride of the Last Dragon, they combine so many Asian cultures mm-hmm. into one film and they do it really, they meld it really well. Like, it's mm-hmm. really interesting to watch. Uh, but yeah, I have to agree. I, I, I really like Aquafina, but I think she's a little overused. Uh, kind of breaks breaks the immersion a bit. Uh, yeah. I uh, got Frozen on there, but probably like the top on this list that almost cracked the top five was probably... Ralph Breaks Internet. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good sequel, but mm-hmm. the first one is just so much better than the second one. Yeah, I um, like Ralph Breaks the Internet. Like, and I know a lot of people really hate that movie. I, look, it might be the context. Um, it was the first movie date I've ever went on with my wife, my now wife. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that's a, it. Obviously, holds a special plate in my heart. But like, I remember really liking the movie. Um, so it's it a lot probably of would have been an honorable mention. Um, yeah. yeah, like the Disney princess scene is just iconic. It's so good. And. Uh, yeah, it's, I really like that. Um, yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Frozen. Um, I don't like Frozen. I was I was just about to point out like, do we both not have Frozen on the list? Because I I think Frozen's a bad movie. Uh, I think I, it's an incredible. I, I, soundtrack. I think it's I think it's okay. Yeah, it's incredible soundtrack. I think the movie itself is okay. It's yeah, it's, it's not the, quite we, my cup of tea. We would not love or remember Frozen as much if it either didn't have a soundtrack or didn't have as good of a soundtrack. Um, but I, I think that's pretty fair to say. My wife loves Frozen, and I watched it once with her at, because it was Frozen Two was getting ready to come out, and I was like, I didn't like this. I fell asleep in it. I don't care to watch it again. I don't care. You go see Frozen Two by yourself, and I'll go see you know whatever Star Wars or whatever. Uh, nah, she would go see Star Wars with me. Um, <laughs> I was like, you you go see Frozen Two, and I'll go see that. That been what December twenty seventeen. Uh, I don't know what I, I think there was a movie out that was like you're gonna go to Frozen I'm gonna go to this movie and and we'll meet up in the lobby afterwards it's just a no interest in seeing the second one and because huh. I don't like the first one but the first one has maybe the best like original music soundtrack of all time like yeah. like especially of animated films so like anyway there's that so but I know Frozen would be number one on a lot of people's lists so just surprised yeah I mean there's something for everybody as as far as these movies are concerned like I don't think none of them have are like are bad movies by any means. No, I mean, none of them that I mentioned are bad movies. I mean, like I said, I think it's Frozen as a bad movie with an incredible soundtrack. And um, I mean, they have redeemable worth, qualities, you know what I mean? Like, there's always something you can latch on to somebody. Yeah, and for what it's worth, like, we didn't, between all the movies that we mentioned, we we didn't miss, like, many at all of the movies that, that come out. I mean, we're talking Disney Studios, so, like, I know, like, Disney's released a couple animated films under the Fox banner since acquiring them. So, like... Um. Yeah, that's definitely. And we didn't include Pixar. So, um, like I, I know one of the ones that I remember seeing on the list was uh was Chicken Little, uh, which is a movie that a lot of people don't like. I don't know. It was it came out in two thousand five. I was ten, and I saw it, and I was like, yeah, sure. Um, Meet the Robinsons. Um, is a movie that people I think that watched it when it came. Like my wife likes like likes Meet the Robinsons. 
um, yeah, for Frozen Two would be the other one. So yeah, like honestly, like there, this is a very small list. So um, I, I totally, anyway. I totally thought Frank and Winnie was all claymation. So I, yeah, I, it, it wouldn't have made my top five, but I did put it in my honorable mentions because I actually I saw it in theaters when it first came out, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, that was pretty well done. It's probably like one of the last movies that Tim Burton did that I really liked. I'm trying to think of another. Yeah, one you could. <laughs> Yeah, you could count Frankenweenie. I think. Um, I, I mean, it's claymation, but like that is 3D animation. It's just maybe not traditional. Um, yeah, I'm looking. There's. It's, it's a. It's a much smaller list than when I when I sent the topic, especially once I took once I took. Um, Pixar uh, equation. Pixar I thought about just saying Disney animated films after like the addition of 3D, so like 1995 because of Toy Story, and then then maybe would have had some different mix ups there. I mean, because like we have. <laughs> Like Lilo and Stitch, and I, I really like Brother Bear. Um, but yeah, ultimately, the list would have been pretty similar. So, um, yeah, it's um, yeah. Um, okay, so that just leaves us with a spinoff. Joe, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you're really wanting to tell people to check out or to stay away from? Yeah, I, I got a fear about I'll, I'll run them off fast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure everybody is watching The Boys, but if you know you haven't, I would say sit down and binge it. Uh, all three seasons are there. And the third season is probably the best season they've made so far. So I'd say definitely check out The Boys, as long as you don't mind a little bit of gore. So it's more on the mature side. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want something a little lighter, uh, check out Miss Marvel. I think Miss Marvel is pretty excellent so far, especially a lot of the character work is really well done. Uh, and then got two anime choices, uh, Spriggan on Netflix. It's, uh, I think it's about six episodes. Uh, each kind of feels like a mini movie within itself. It's like sci-fi action thriller anime. And uh, yeah, old anime uh, called Slam Dunk. Even if you're not into basketball, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's hmm. created by the famous manga artist Taiko Inoue. Uh, His work is phenomenal. He's a fantastic artist, probably one of the best in the business. So, yeah, there's a couple of recommendations. Cool. I um, didn't get a chance to watch a ton this week, um, and uh, but I did watch something yesterday, and it, this look, I guess, kind of via two plug. Um, so I watched um, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping yesterday for like the eighth time. Um, and this movie is great. And if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Um, if you have seen it, you should watch it again because <laughs> it's worth watching again. Um, but I watched it because um, I guested on uh, Rowan and Shane's new podcast. Um, and Alice was on the podcast as well. So the four of us talked about Popstar and some other things um, for, um, for, for that. So the podcast is called Rowan in the Wasteland. Um, so giving them a shout out, um, uh, they they're fir- they have two episodes out as the time we're recording this. I think the episode I'm on is supposed to come out in like eight weeks. So like it won't be there like <laughs> next week. Um, but but anyway, like I had a good time on the show. So I guess it's kind of a two for twofold. Like Pop Star is a really great movie, and if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Or maybe you're due for a rewatch. As well as Shane and Rowan have this new podcast, and um, I guessed it on it, and I had a good time. So. Check out their podcast as well. Rowan and the Wasteland. Uh, available, I'm pretty sure it's everywhere now except for Google Podcasts, but it will be soon, Rowan. So, well, that'll do it. Yeah, so, Pop Store. Uh, what, what, a, what a good choice. <laughs> that would awesome. be hilarious. So <laughs> um, 
but yeah, we, uh, remember that you can follow Joe at uh, on Instagram at the Star Spangled Avenger, and uh, I'll have his Instagram handle linked in the show description. So if you want to just copy and paste, you can certainly do that. And uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, at Schweitcastle. And quick reminder that Studio DNA is part of the Sip Hop Writers Room, is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to write for sifpop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B plot, then you can email us at writersroomwithsifpop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you're in there. Next week, uh, I have a TV catch up with Mike and Jeffrey. So. We will for sure be talking about the finale of Barry season three. We will for sure be talking about um, the the last several episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We will for sure be talking uh, about Miss Marvel. Um, just a couple things that, you know, for sure we'll be talking. I'm sure somebody will be talking about the boys. Um, it's on my watch list. I've, I've seen the first two seasons. This new season is on my watch list. Um, we will definitely be talking Stranger, Thing- Stranger Things season four um all these things will keep very spoiler light if you're concerned about that but just lots of things to look forward to next week when uh mike and jeffrey join the show and um next month joe and i um we haven't decided what exactly we'll be talking about yet you will know soon but we'll have frank on the show so it'll be the two of us and frank talking about something in the realm of comic books uh comic book films so uh yeah Joe, as always, I um, love hanging out with you, man. Thanks for st- thanks for spending your time doing this with me. Yeah, likewise, man. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for always having me on. Yeah. Well, we'll do it again next month. Um, you know, we'll get working on figuring out what we're going to do, and uh, and we can work towards that. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we'll see you again next month. And then, listeners, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, remember, you can come back next week and hear a TV catch-up episode.